Welcome to the Flourish Heights podcast, made for women by women. I'm your host, Valerie Adjamine, women's health dietitian and the founder of Flourish Heights. To be empowered in health starts with a true connection with your body. Together, we are breaking through topics surrounding periods, women's nutrition, body awareness, self-care, and much more. Let's flourish and be the best version of ourselves. Welcome back to another episode. I hope you're fabulous as always. These past few days have been pretty eventful to say the least. I was so honored to attend a reception a few days ago hosted by an organization called Fight Colorectal Cancer, followed by the White House Cancer Moonshot Forum, which covered topics such as colorectal screening, prevention, disparities, treatment, innovation, and support. So at this wonderful reception, I had the honor of briefly interviewing two change makers in the industry working tirelessly to keep Americans healthy. I also got to meet the entire team. I got to speak to survivors and advocates. And to my surprise, I also got to meet the artist Simone Ledward Bozeman, who lost her husband, Chadwick Bozeman, an actor in a popular movie, which you all know, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Unfortunately, just a few years back, he lost his life to colorectal cancer and now Simone is using her voice to spread awareness and bring empowerment to this conversation. Simone was so sweet, so kind, such a beautiful woman inside and out. And she commented on my outfit, you guys. She loved it. I was wearing orange and she told me that I'm like, I brought her in some inspiration to bring on the orange colors for the season. And of course, I was just fangirling the entire time. (laughs) Um, So ladies, one in 23 women will develop colorectal cancer in their lifetimes. Colorectal cancer is the third most common cancer in women after breast and lung cancer. Why are we covering this topic today? It's just so overlooked. And interestingly enough, there are increasing cases in young adult women in their mid to late 30s and 40s. I've heard certain symptoms of colorectal cancer may be easily mistaken for symptoms related to your menstrual cycle, like PMS symptoms, which is, yeah, very insane. Also, most colorectal cancers cause no symptoms in the early stages, which is easily treatable. So the only way you would know you have it is through a routine screening and their survival rate at that time is at an all-time high. On today's episode, you'll be hearing from our special guests, Dr. Fola May and Candice Henley, who I had a pleasure of interviewing briefly at, at the on-site reception. It was during networking, so I didn't want to like take up all their time. I wanted them to enjoy and have fun and just, you know, enjoy the rest of their night. But you're going to love today's episode because it's filled with inspiration, empowerment. And these women are really so passionate about spreading awareness to the community. I really enjoyed every single second I had with them. Candace Henley is an advocate for colon cancer prevention and support, and also the founder of an organization called the Blue Hat Foundation, which is an organization focused on unconditional support and compassion for people fighting colon cancer. She's also a survivor herself, and she's here to share a few words with you. Candace, you were diagnosed with colorectal cancer in 2003 at 35 years old as a single mother raising five daughters. With all that you have been through, you are now using your voice to make a difference in the community. Tell us about the organization, the Blue Hat Foundation for Colorectal Cancer Awareness and what it's all about. 
Oh, thank you so much. Um, so the Blue Hat Foundation was created after my experience with colorectal cancer. When I was mm -hmm. diagnosed, it took them six months to find my cancer. Wow. And honestly, I didn't know what colorectal cancer was. And being 35, a mom of five kids, you know, it was not in my purview. And I presented with symptoms each time I went to the emergency room, mm -hmm. but because I did not meet the age criteria for screening, no one thought to test me. Wow. So I wind up going to the hospital three separate times. And on the third time, they found out that I had colon cancer, but it was after I had a hysterectomy because initially they thought it was female related. Wow. So that experience left me with, okay, there's no information. And every time I looked for colorectal cancer, there were no brown faces that looked like mm -hmm. me. And there wasn't information. And everything that said was somebody died from colon cancer. And I was like, this is not helpful. And especially at 35 with a mom of five kids. And then going through different systems, no one looked like me. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to change the narrative in our community because every time someone's, you know, when I said I had colon cancer, like, oh my God. My aunt had colon cancer, she mm. died. My father oh. died, my my mom died. And I was like, we've got to change the narrative. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to find a way to do that in our community that was non-threatening because no one wants to talk about colorectal cancer. Nobody wants mm. to talk about their butt. And so I saw the Red Hat Society and I'm like, huh, that's so cute. I was like, I mm -hmm. wonder what that would look like with blue hats. And yes. so we started the event in our church in 2010, Blue Hat Bow Tie Sunday. And it all, it went over so well because at the end of at the end of service, people came over and you know after my pastor said we have the blue hat society. People came over and said, so why are you guys wearing your blue hats? Mm -hmm. And my family, before I could speak, said, well, she's a colon cancer survivor. March is Colon Cancer Awareness Month, mm -hmm. and we're celebrating Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month by wearing blue hats. And so we asked if we could do it the next year, and our pastor said yes. And so it turned into a 10-year event that was halted because of COVID. Wow. But in the fifth year, I started my foundation because I was like, okay, this is something. And if people are participating, if we can you know, get people to participate and receive education at the same time, we could do much more. Mm -hmm. And so my foundation was started, the Blue Hat Foundation, and it serves minority and medically underserved communities by raising awareness and education and access to resources for screening for these communities. That is incredible. You are thank definitely you. changing the narrative, Candace. So thank, thank you, you so much for all that you're doing. You. you know, advocating yourself seems so scary these days. Um, and so what are some ways women can advocate for themselves, especially with navigating through the healthcare system? Well, you know what? The first thing we need, we need to stop doing is self-medicating and mm. self-diagnosis. Let's start there because we're so good at that because we're so busy, right? We are men, we're moms, we're yeah. wives, we're girlfriends, fiancés, you know, we're taking care of our parents, we're taking mm -hmm. care of everyone else, but we're not taking care of ourselves. So the first thing I would say is let's stop self-diagnosing and take time for ourselves and let the physicians do their work. Mm -hmm. If something feels different, if you feel tired, if you feel like, you know what, something, our body speaks to us, mm -hmm. but we don't listen. And so I would say, listen to your body. If you're starting to feel more tired than usual, if you're more thirstier than usual, if you're finding that, you know what, 
my cycle is off, my mm-hmm. bowel movement is off, I'm more gassy mm-hmm. than usual. Those are signs. And I always say our body speaks to us. Tuning in. We have to tune in. Oh my God, absolutely. <laughs> so hard to do sometimes. It, it really is because it was for me. I was a mm-hmm. bus driver and a mom of five kids. And I self, I honestly, I self-medicated. I had gas. I took tongues. Mm-hmm. I took Pepto. I took baking soda water, old school things, right? Mm-hmm. But we, we have to take that time and make us a priority because just like we tell our husbands, you are required to be here. So are we. We, so that's, it starts there. So thank here. you so much. Any last encouraging words you want to share with women and just, you know, people in our, our community, the Forest Heights community? Oh man, you know what? We are a community of secret keepers. Mm-hmm. And so we have to stop keeping secrets about our health and share it with our family members, even if it's the most personal. We understand it's personal, right? However, that secret, that illness that you're keeping from your family members could be a hereditary illness that might kill your family lineage. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I say family secrets kill families. So what you're not telling your family today could kill them tomorrow. So let's stop being a family of secret keepers and let's talk about what illness runs in our families. You know, that is very powerful. And our stories are powerful. Yes. And it can go a long way. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much. Now, this is one last question I like to ask our guests. And the question is, how do you flourish? Oh, um, my, my daughters and my, my daughters and my grand, my grandchildren, you know, they keep me going because I feel like I was given a second chance Mm. and I want to give that second chance to as many people as I can by giving them information. And every time I look at those people that I call my people, yeah. everyone should be able to see their people mm-hmm. and see their family, see what their roots look like. So that's what keeps me going. Well, thank you so much, Candace, for taking this interview with me today. I really thank appreciate you. it. I know that our listeners will be so incredibly inspired by all that you shared today. So thank, thank you, you once again for being here. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. I love talking to Candace. As you can see, she's filled with so much knowledge and her story is so, so powerful. Next, I'm in conversation with Dr. Fola May, an associate professor of medicine and researcher in the UCLA Johnson Comprehensive Cancer Center. Dr. May is also the co-leader of Stand Up to Cancer's health equity team, which is establishing and implementing comprehensive at-home stool-based colorectal screenings in medically underserved communities around the country, including Los Angeles. You're going to love all the gems that she will share. Dr. May, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I recently learned that one in 23 women will develop colorectal cancer in their lifetimes. Colorectal cancer is also the third most common cancer in women. Why are these stats so important for us to know? Thank you for that question and thank you for having me. I think a lot of women are surprised to hear how common colorectal cancer is. It's, as you mentioned, the number three cancer after lung and breast cancer. And unfortunately, it's the number two cancer killer. Now, there's a lot that we can do to prevent colorectal cancer, and that's the main message that I want to get through, is that everyone should be screened, men and women, because it's common in us as well, and everyone should start screening at age 45. Okay, thank you so much. Now, that was my next question, actually. You know, I lead an incredible community called Flourish Heights, where we bring awareness to key topics in women's health and nutrition. Now, women in our community are between the ages of 22 to 50 and Mm -hmm. beyond, Because colon cancer is an increasing concern for women in their mid-30s to 40s, especially now we're seeing more, um, you know, younger females getting colon cancer. What are your 
top three tips to help reduce the risk? You kind of already said that with getting your screening earlier. I can add to that for sure. (laughs) Um, So since the 1990s, we've noticed an increase in the rates of colorectal cancer in people under 50. And this includes women. Actually, women are a group that we've seen dramatic increases in this disease in what we call young adults, people Mm -hmm. under 50. So there are definitely things that I want to impress on people to help them reduce their risk. Number one, as I mentioned earlier, get screened. So Mm -hmm. what that means is if you're 45, get screened. if you, have a, if you have a family history, you actually need to start at 40. Mm-hmm. So 40 or 45, depending on your family history. And then number two, I think the most important thing is to pay attention to your symptoms. So if you are having blood in your stool, if you have diarrhea or constipation that hasn't gone away after a couple weeks, if you are suffering from uh, pencil-shaped stools, which are mm. thin-shaped stools, mm-hmm. abdominal discomfort that's lasting for a long time, you need to see your doctor because we need to do a colonoscopy and make sure that it's not colon cancer. And the third tip that I would get is live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means eat a healthy diet, make sure that you're minimizing the amount of processed meat, red meat that you have, increase your fiber, make sure you're, you're getting your calcium and vitamin D because these are all things that we know reduce your risk of colorectal cancer. And I mean, sometimes it's easier said than done. Yes. These are such practical practical tips. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, I'm a woman's health dietitian. I've had the honor to contribute to the media on how diet may affect colorectal cancer risk. Um, now, the research has shown that consuming a diet that is rich in antioxidants may help reduce the risk of developing colon cancer. However, a few studies have looked at the consumption of these powerful antioxidants in the group that is most at risk for colorectal cancer, which is Af- which are African-Americans. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I think that we are still learning a lot about how diet and nutrition impact our cancer risk. We know that diets that are heavy in um, artificial flavoring, uh, additives, synthetic foods, processed meats are bad for us. We we have good data for that. But when it comes to data about antioxidants and Mm anti-inflammatories, I think we're still learning. Mm -hmm. One thing that I will say is that uh, there are good signals that the Mediterranean diet, which is high in things like olive oils, um, it's high in fibers, it's good, it's high in green leafy vegetables are very good for us. And we know that those things are packed with anti-inflammatories, yes. antioxidants, polyphenols. Yes. These are all the power words right now. So I generally will recommend to people that unless they have a contraindication to try to include those foods in their diets, anti-inflammatories, especially because we know that's good not only for cancer risk, but for other chronic disease prevention. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. So what are some last words you want to share with women today to our listeners, the Flourish Heights community? Anything? I think that this is such an incredible time in science and in healthcare where we've got amazing technologies. Uh, I really hope that women under out there understand that they should feel empowered about their health. If you see a provider and you're not comfortable about the advice, get a second opinion. Mm -hmm. If you're having symptoms that are still bothering you, make sure you get those checked out. We're seeing way too many people die young of cancer and especially colorectal cancer. So we need to pay attention to those symptoms. We need to make sure that we get screened in time so that we can drive down the rates of this disease. Well, thank you so much for sharing all these wonderful gems with us today. I have one last question that we ask all of our guests on the show, and that is how do you flourish? How do I flourish? I flourish by trying to stay centered on the things that inspire me and that make me happy. So I find those things in life, whether it's loved ones, family, friends, my research in my cancer lab, and I really 
focus on those things because they make me feel like I'm making a difference in the world and they make me feel like I'm having impact. Thank you once again, Dr. May. This was amazing. Thanks for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. All right. So as you heard, there are many steps you can take today to reduce the risk. I hope this inspires you to take charge of your health. These conversations are so important, and I'm so grateful I got to share this beautiful moment with Dr. May and Candace Henley. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with someone in your life. Do not keep it to yourself. The best part about this is that we can help make a difference in someone else's life by sharing this valuable information. Do us a big favor and leave some stars and a rating. I would really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning into our special episode today. I'll talk to you soon, but until then, keep flourishing. 